welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're doing top three resources. Welcome back. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Brian. Listeners, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We are excited that you are back with us this week. Yeah, we hope that you are uh, listened to our last episode. Really good. Uh, we, uh, you know, I thought it was a decent episode about the the idea of life and why mm-hmm. Christians care all about yeah. that. We've got some really good stuff coming up. Uh, we got a series coming up on yeah. what it means to understand and apply and interpret the Word of God. Yeah, I'm super excited about. Yeah, that. this is something I have a really a passion about Me because too. I want people to know and study God's Word for themselves. And you know, when I learned. Yeah. When I went to Bible college and I learned what all of this meant and put all of these things together, yeah. it really deepened my relationship with the Lord. It awakened my own sort of like desire to study and to know the word. And so I think that you don't have to have a seminary or Bible college education. You can do all of these things as just a, a believer of the Lord Jesus. Yeah, it's really simple stuff that um, that you know people don't always talk about, and that's why we want to talk about it. Because yeah, I, I felt the same way. The big word for it is hermeneutics, right? And uh, when we learned that, man, it was oh, it was it changed yeah. my life. It really did change my life. Well, um, I'm super excited about me that. Me too. So uh, if you are uh, listening, make sure you subscribe, give us a review that helps other people uh, to know about our uh, podcast, share it, email it uh, to your, or let people know about it and email us your feedback. Let us know what you think about the episodes we're doing and our format or things that you want us to talk about. Uh, let us know what you're thinking at f4l at oakhillbc.org. We'd love yeah. to hear from you. So today, what are we talking about? You top three resources, yes. which are the way we qualified this was to say these were these are books that we are still utilizing. Yeah, we, we learned about them some time ago. Uh, I mean, it could de- it could be definitely something in the last few couple years, right. but it's something that we have held on to. Now, obviously we know scripture. Yeah. That's the the Bible is the ultimate like resource. Like these are other things that have helped us in ministry and potentially we've used them in our ministry for personal growth and Mm -hmm. gain, but also to help other people grow. Yeah, absolutely. And one, I told, I joked with you, but like (laughs) one of my kind of caveats is like, this is a, this is a resource that, that effect that affects my thinking about ministry on a regular basis. Mm, Like, I mean, I'm talking very often, maybe even like weekly, I think through these, these things. Yeah, that's good. Um, So, so here's how this works. We, we don't know each other's list. Nope. It is a total hidden. Mine's in a bag. Normally we work through notes and we, we um, can see everything. We we see everything. We share the document. Here's what our notes say. BG resource one, BVD resource one. So, (laughs) so we've got, um, this is a total surprise. We're going to get honest reactions from each other. We always have a hard time keeping it to three. So I've got a couple of honorable mentions. That... I have nine books in my bag. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I've got two honorable mentions that let's start with our okay, honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Okay. So you, so we're kind of doing, I let, like, okay. you go first. All right, my first, beauty, my mean. first honorable mention will be Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Yeah. And I think that this just this book just helped me to shape my own thinking in the the journey of Christian life, and to know that, you know, as you read through Christian's journey and the the perils he goes through, and and the help he receives along the way, he he obviously goes on this journey. He is saved on this journey. 
Uh, but then he also receives help from the Holy Spirit, yeah. uh, from other Christians, other believers. And uh, it just helped me to put like all of these things. It, it helped me to, to understand and feel the Christian journey and what it's all about and what it's like. And I've used this with yeah. in kids ministry. I've used it so, so many times with people trying to help them to understand their own walk with the Lord. Yeah. You get to, yeah, you get to kind of see what's going on in your life by just reading that book. Right. That's really cool. So okay. you got, you got an honorable mention. I have a couple. Um, so <laughs> one of them is Augustine's confessions. Okay. Yes. So, uh, this one, I wanted to be one of my three, but we, only have three. Only have um, three. So, uh, yeah, Confessions is That's essentially Augustine's uh, just personal testimony in the form of a prayer. It's a prayer. The okay. whole book is is him praying to God, um, but he is walking through. And this tackles almost every topic in Christianity. I've had students read this. We had a student leadership team read through this and they were like at first they were like oh this is gonna be boring they said it was the most relatable yeah. book they've read well and he talks a lot about his own personal testimony yes in the book which is amazing and you so. get to see what it looks like to go from this decadent center to a saint and it's like that's exactly what my life is mm-hmm. like um and it is so beautiful and yeah. this was written in the you know late fourth century 300s right. ad right okay so, amazing. all right so i got another honorable mention <clears throat> this i cheated a little bit this is what i call this is by an author is it like four books no 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 it's <laughs> it's all of the books so it's oh my books word. by patrick lencioni oh my goodness it's I all saw of those books. in your office I, I don't know anything about him. books by leader these are leadership books so i have two here i've read i've read five or six of his books. This is Death by Meetings and the Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm. The interesting thing about Lencioni is these are not Christian books, but many of the principles translate over to church and mm-hmm. to church leadership specifically. Uh, he uses parables. So so most of so he has mm. a bit he has a business principle. So for instance, he in the five dysfunctions of the team, he talks about what it means to get a team on the same page, mm, to yeah. create unity and vision and all these types of things. He has a principle, but then he he tells a story. And so there's a little bit of a novel that that's hmm. happening, and it unfolds how it the entire principle those. throughout the book. That's cool. And then at the end of there's a chapter about how practically how that works. So I really love Lincioni so much, and I would recommend him to any pastor, uh, any Christian leader, yeah. because there's so many good leadership principles that transfer over. So that's my other honorable mention. That's okay, great. that's all I got. I got another one. Okay, so this one one I wanted this to be one of my other uh, three as well. This one I I really. Oh, it was man. instrumental uh, for me, and I have used it in multiple D groups. Yeah. Um, every, basically every. Do you dude tell people what it is? Every, I will. Every dude that has done this with me um, has received this, and it's because I I had uh, a mentor who gave me this book, and I walked through it with him. It's called Thoughts for Young Men by J C Ryle. J C yeah. Ryle died in 1900, so it's an old book. But listen. This is a timeless book, and what's great about it is he just goes through the basics of what it means to be a godly Christian man. That's all it is. And what's funny is I've had somebody who, um, yeah, I had somebody tell me one time, like, we're like, so what do you think about it? And they're like, I already already knew all that stuff. And I was like, (laughs) I laughed at him. And I was like, so you're not experiencing the crucible of life yet. Yeah. Because what you don't understand is that when life gets hard, Mm -hmm. these are the things that you forget the the quickest. And these are the things you need to remember the most. And it's just the simple stuff that I'm going to go back to over and over and over again, because this is what I need to live for God when life gets hard. Yeah. I love thoughts for young men. I love JC Ryle so much. So good. So good.
All okay, right. let's talk about so now that we snuck those in. Are you gonna? I'm gonna go from three down to number oh, so you're one. gonna go? Oh, okay. Ooh, uh, I didn't think about that way. Okay, I'll do the same thing. I got that. Okay, got you want to go first? Um, no. You want me to go first? Yes. Okay. All right. Here we go. Ready? I have number three: spiritual leadership by Oswald Sanders. Oh no, that's Sanders. not what. It, that's not it. Okay, great. That's Spir- not what I'm mine. Spiritual Leadership by Oswald Sanders. So I've had this book. You can see it's all kind of notes, and yeah. it's very dog We've gone through that together and with I, uh, an intern. Before. I wrote in it, uh, in the page, is Box 1843. That was my box at seminary. Nice. Youth Ministry 403, Dr. David Adams. Was Let's the, go. Taught me Shout this. out, Dr. David Adams. That's right. So I first read this book in his class. Man. How many years ago was that? Like 20, uh, 30? Five or six years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a couple more. (laughs) No, seriously, how long ago was that? Uh, This was probably 2001. Yeah. Something like that. that's cool. Okay. 20 years ago. So I was, this this may seem really stupid what I'm about to say, but this was the first time I was really exposed to the idea of Jesus, his leadership style Mm, was through serving. Yeah, I know that sounds really dumb, but no, I didn't. I, I never that. put that together until I read this book. It finally clicked for me, and so this is a book that I've read over and over and over again. I've used it with interns, with lay people, mm-hmm. to talk about what are the what does it mean to serve the Lord? What is leadership, spiritual leadership, and how it's different from worldly leadership? And so, really, the the concept is that servant leadership is what's needed. Yeah. We are called to servant leadership because that's what that's what kind of leadership Jesus gave. Yeah. And so this has impacted my ministry in so many ways. I've used it to impact other people. In fact, with our la- our summer intern this summer I yeah. used this book yeah. because I thought it was so good. There's so many different things that come out of it. So I wanted to read just a little excerpt uh, from this on um, what it means. This is from the chapter The Master's Master Principle. It says, given the importance of competent leaders in the church and in government and business too, we might expect that the Bible would use the term more often. In fact, the King James Bible used the term leader only six times. Mm. Much more frequently, the role is called servant. Mm. We do not read about Moses, my leader, but Moses, my servant. And this is exactly what Christ taught. Jesus was revolutionary, not in guerrilla warfare sense, but in his teaching on leadership. The term servant speaks everywhere of a lowly low prestige low respect and low honor most people are not attracted to such a low value role when jesus used the term however it is a synonym for greatness and that was a revolutionary idea christ taught that the kingdom of god was a community where each member served the other paul wrote in the same vein serve one another in love our loving service should spread also to the needy world around us but in most churches a few people carry the load Jesus knew that the idea of leader as loving servant of all would not appeal to most. Securing our own creature comforts is much is a much more common mission, but servant is his requirement for those who want to lead in his kingdom. Yeah, it's good. That's what really spoke to me in this book, and um, I really would commend this book to anyone that is wanting to lead out in church. He talks a lot about what it takes and um, mm-hmm. what it means about the calling, about all of the things. So even if you're just a lay person that is wanting to lead out in ministry, um, you know, this is a great book, Spiritual Leadership by Oswald Sanders. Yeah, good. That was a good one. Cool. Well, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my books. It's funny. My books will go in order of what most impacted me. So 
it's going to be the most impactful to me and how I do ministry, but it's going to be the the one that I use least with other people, okay. which is kind of odd. But here's my first. Okay. Drum roll, please. So the I think the most influential book I've ever read, okay, other than the Bible, of course, the most influential book I've ever read is this book called Revival and Revivalism mm. by Ian Murray. It's the making and marring of American evangelism evangelicalism okay okay this is this is the most influential book i've ever read um this impacts how i think about ministry um on a it's not even like i think about the book it's just it it created a new way of thinking about what the church is and what the church does Mm. so here's essentially what the book is about uh the book is all about the difference between what a real revival is and what revivalism is. Mm. So it traces in history. It's basically a huge biographical work of several different people tracing the Great Awakening and the Second Great Awakening. And it goes through the different pastors that were involved in those things and how it came about. And Ian Murray, he does amazing biographies. Like everything he writes is amazing. So you need to read what he what he says. But in this, he points out over and over and over again how in the first Great Awakening, what you see is a genuine revival where people, through the normal practices of the church, were being brought to Christ in extraordinary numbers. It was the Holy Spirit working in an extraordinary way. The same way it was him doing what he always does, just in greater numbers. And that is something that is outside of our control, coming through the normal practices of the church. Revivalism came about where people started wanting to kind of gin that up. Mm -hmm. And so here's what I'm getting at. This book pointed out to me something I never noticed before, Mm. that there are practices in the church where there are places where you go to church and you're going to get emotionally manipulated. Mm. This book pointed that out to me. And I never realized that before, how there's a difference between being emotional because of the truth of God's words and because of the Holy Spirit moving and people trying to make you emotional mm. through the way they do songs, the way they do certain things. And it's not to say that songs and invitations are wrong. It's just people used those mm-hmm. in order to basically guilt people into giving their lives to Christ and, and most of the time, that was disingenuous. Well, that that would have a lot to say to us today where we That's use right. emotionalism to manipulate people in churches. And as a youth pastor, that I see in youth ministry abundantly. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, this book helped me realize, like, like, I'm not saving anyone. First of all, I'm not saving anyone in general, but, like, Nobody's getting saved under my ministry if if I'm just emotionally manipulating them into an emotional high, right. which would be revivalism. But if I'm preaching the, the word and the Holy Spirit is moving to and fro whichever way he wishes to go, just like the wind blows, and then people's lives get transformed radically, that's real mm-hmm. revival. And that's what I want to see. And so... Yeah. So I so we have awesome music. We play awesome game. We do all the awesome stuff, but we don't ever we try our hardest not to manipulate people. Yeah. Um, we let God change people. And that was fundamental for me. I didn't I just didn't so that that has affected how I do things. And it's a it's a weightier book, so that's why I say uh, the reason why I don't get to use it as much with people is because it's a big book and most people don't want to read. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. But I talk about this sort of stuff with people all the time. Yeah. 
And so it's been good. very important. So that's my first one. Okay. All right. Okay. That's good. So my second one, you might be able to guess this because I've talked about this book a lot. Okay. I wonder what it is. It oh, is. Okay. Oh, yeah. Systematic Theology okay. by Wayne Grudem. I actually was not expecting that. So you can see my copy. Wow. I've lost, the, tattered, I've lost the dust jacket. <laughs> um, it is very tattered. The the cover is coming off. You open it, and this section has pulled away from the binding. Wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you need to get a new copy. Well, they have a I new. I think they've updated. They have, they have a revised copy, but uh-huh. this is my. This is special because the, mm-hmm. I got this when I went to Bible college, and my first theology class by taught by Doctor Brand, mm. and I Shout out to Doctor Brand. Yes, I. Um, first learned why theology was so important and it put things in a perspective. It it made the Bible make sense to me Mm -hmm. in the sense of, you know, we can read the Bible as a story and we need to, we need to read the narrative and understand the history of the Bible, but to help me understand the theology of the Bible and pulling together ideas like, um, who is God? Yeah. Looking at the entire breadth of scripture, understanding the attributes of God, the personhood, of the Trinity, you know, understanding um, even like man and mm-hmm. sin mm-hmm. and redemption and salvation, all of those concepts through sin. He just, Wayne just walks, Dr. Grude, I'm sorry, just walks <laughs> through this in such a uh, an accessible way. Yeah. And I think yes. that's part of, part of the things, that's what he says here. If you, if you read on um, page 15 in his preface, uh, he actually says that, He says, I've not written this book for other teachers of theology, though I hope many of them will read it. I have written it for students, and not only for students, but for every Christian who has a hunger to know the central doctrines of the Bible in greater depth. That is why I call this book an introduction to biblical doctrine. I've tried to make it understandable even for Christians who have never studied theology before. I've avoided using technical terms without explaining them. Uh, I have, and most of chapters can be read on their own, so that someone mm, can begin yeah. any chapter and grasp it without having to read the earlier material. He just goes on and on to talk about, you know, he succeeded at that. A clear he has he has what he's trying to do a clear basis for doctrines, a clarity and explanation of doctrines, application to life, a focus on the evangelical world, a hope for progress in doctrinal unity in the church, a sense of the urgent need for greater doctoral understanding in the whole church. Those yeah. are the things he tries to do with this book. Yeah. And I think he succeeded in that. And so I love, I love, love, love this book. I've used it so many times to yeah. help me in my studies. I've used it with other people. I've recommended it over and over again. And I think every body, every Christian should have a copy. Yep. I think every um, teacher, especially yes. life group leader, whatever should have a copy of this. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I, discovered this, I also started learning about uh, Wayne Grudem, and he is one of the smartest people that I know. He's also one of the most humble, humble. people that I know. Number one, you can if you go to his website, waynegrudem.com, you can get all of his lectures. He's lectured through this entire book for free. That's insane. Like, that's that's your life. Like <laughs> He has yeah, many, many articles, many studies, many lectures, all for free on his website. So that's great right there. I also learned about him... In a in an unexpected way, we did a marriage conference 
one time and he was in there talking about his own I testimony yes. yeah. and how they were, he was in Chicago, I believe, uh, at a seminary, big seminary there. Mm-hmm. And his wife was struggling. I believe it was rheumatoid arthritis or something. So. Yeah. Um, they had visited, uh, the Southwest and when she went down there, her body felt yep. so much better. And so he left his tenured theology position and went down to a small, I think it was Phoenix Theological Seminary or something like that, went down to a small seminary there to teach where his own personal library was bigger than the school library. Yeah. Um, And he went there to teach for the love of his wife. Yep. You know, not many men would give up, would give up a, a, a career at a big seminary to go somewhere like that just for his wife. And so his humility, his, his love, his, his passion for theology, for yep. Christ comes through. And so I, not only do I love his book, I love Wayne Grudem as a yep. person. Amen. And so he's been very influential in my life. One of the greatest joys of my life was I got, I got that book from my granddaddy. Mm. And whenever we would go to his house, uh, I'd see it right beside his chair. He had several different books right by his chair that I knew he was reading through regularly. And he had that systematic was theology. Oh, yeah. That's he had awesome. it right by his chair. Yeah. Like, it was really cool. My granddaddy is an electrician, you know, his whole life. And that man knew more about the Bible than most people. That's cool. Like, you can be like that. And, um, yeah, so great. That was a good one, Brian. That's cool. Awesome. Okay, so here's What's mine. your number two? Got to reach it. Okay, so this is my second most influential Maybe not most influential book of my life, but one that I use more with people, and definitely a uh, a mind alter like it, it altered the way I think about ministry, and that is the Master Plan of Evangelism That's by good. Robert Coleman. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this book. Okay, so growing up, I used to think I I just didn't have a, a good concept of how evangelism worked and the role of discipleship and and missions and just like how does this all go together it just felt so like mismatched or or just jumbled all together i couldn't figure out how it all goes together it didn't make sense this book just just put it all together and it's so simple it's actually incredibly simple and uh, the whole point of this book is that jesus who is the master right he had a plan he came to the earth with a plan. His mission was to die on the cross, but in the process of going to the cross, he had a plan to share the gospel that he was doing with the whole world. And how did he do it? He hung out with 12 dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and he poured his life into a few people. And what's funny about this book, it's Master Plan of Evangelism, and I learned the most about discipleship than I've that I've ever learned because of this book. Mm-hmm. Every other book I've ever read about discipleship really just mirrors this book mm-hmm. about evangelism. Because discipleship, what what you see in this book is that discipleship is the producer and source of evangelism. How did the whole world change? It changed because twelve, du- well, eleven dudes, and then and then Paul. So twelve dudes said, I knew Jesus, and here's what he taught me, and mm-hmm. here's what he did, and I'm going to tell other people. And so they just kept uh, uh, telling it to smaller groups of people and investing their lives in really intentional ways. And so similar to how you talked about the the leadership book, about the master's role as a servant, mm-hmm. this is the master's plan of investing his life. Um, and so here's a just a 
An excerpt off the back, it said, It all started when Jesus called a few men to follow him and share God's message with their neighbors. We are called to do the same. But evangelism can be difficult, even intimidating. With all the evangelism resources available, where should you turn to find advice on how to share the good news with others? Well, and that's what this, this book is all about. Instead of just trying to find gimmicks or things, it says he just looks to the Bible and he shows you what Jesus did. And then you just do that. And that has been freeing to me. Um, there's actually really cool like uh, discussion questions and things that you can use to go through with like a D group or mm-hmm. a life group or whatever. It's designed to help you as uh, an individual and as small groups grow in your ability to share the gospel and disciple, and that's what I love about it. Discipleship and missions slash evangelism go hand in hand. Actually, and we used this book. We did a series uh, of podcasts called The Gospel Pandemic, and we used that book. We sure did. That's right. I forgot that was our resource for that. We sure did. And uh, So you people should read the book, but also you can go back and listen to us as we kind of expound on our yep. own thoughts on that too. Because so, we're still using this resource, <laughs> obviously. Uh, um, and so, so, yeah, this is... That such, was my first time reading through it was when we did... Yeah. When we did study for the podcast, and I also loved it. Yeah, so. it, was, it was so good. So, to me, the thing I want to just say about it is it just makes... It makes evangelism and discipleship so simple it's yeah. just a part of your life it's right. not it's not hard um and we don't have to think about it in the most complicated ways because mm-hmm. jesus just did it yeah and we can learn from him that's good so that's my second one and i use it with people a lot so what's what's your third one number one last but not least this is number one okay most most influential top resource that i have are you ready i'm ready let's see what it is are you going to give me a drum roll? The Bible. <laughs> it's a creative. You pulled out two books. I know. It's the same book. Oh, okay. Creative, okay. creative Bible Teaching by Larry Richards. Oh, yeah. you ha- I have. Yep. You have talked about this. So I have two copies. One's the old copy. This is I found this old copy uh, in a bookstore in Cedarville, Ohio. And this one has a, let's see. Uh, copyright 1970, Moody Bible Institute of Chicago. So this was the original book. Larry Richards was around in the 70s and 80s, and he was a prolific um, leader in in teaching, teaching people to teach, talking mm, yeah. Sunday school teachers, children's, youth workers, I mean, everybody, teaching them to teach. Well, then much later on, Gary Bredfelt, who is a, another uh seminary professor had revised with with Larry Richards his book and so the one I got was this 1998 copy of them where they had revised it and worked together to bring it updated mm. to more modern times yeah so I received this in Bible college or seminary I can't actually remember which which yeah, part I got it but it was about 20 years ago that I got this yeah and um, when I got this book, it revolutionized the way that I taught mm-hmm. and how I thought about teaching. You know, I um, had just thought, okay, when you when you have the Bible, you just take the Bible and you explain it. And you yeah. just, you, you're looking at um, how to study the Bible and you're telling people, okay, this is the historical context, whatever. You're just, you're just, you're just doing that. Yeah. Okay. Explaining the Bible. Well, when I finally understood what teaching actually is, 
number one, you are explaining the Bible. Yeah. But I discovered that when you're taking a text, you're focusing on one main point. Right. Yeah. Then you're structuring a lesson. You're, you're, you're studying the Bible, but then you're also taking that biblically interpreted lesson and you're applying it mm-hmm. to the people that you're talking to. And you have different audiences, so you have to tailor it in a little bit different way. I'm not going to teach a group of adults the same way that I teach children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to teach a group of primarily unbelievers the way I'm going to teach at church to believers. You know, there's all kinds of things that you have to think about. I also learned the method of uh, hook, book, look, and took, which is his teaching method, how he goes through and he forms a lesson. And that was also revolutionary to think of a process by which, and I still use that today, it's not a, um, like a sermon necessarily, like a sermon way to put together a sermon, but it's a great way to put together a a Bible lesson or devotional. I have used it for smaller sermons Mm -hmm. that I've done or lessons. But this has formed me the most as a teacher. I just, I cannot explain to you. I've used this also. I taught as a part of my seminary. I I formed a seminar on this. Yeah. And I did that uh, like a, like a one or two day seminar in our church years ago. And I've also given this book to teachers to learn how to teach. And so I wanted to read um, a little bit of the preface here. It says, Hook, Book, Look, and Took. It sounds like a page from a children's story by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> but this memory device has helped shape Bible lessons for nearly three decades. As a student at the Moody Bible Institute in the early 70s, I, ta- I was taught Lawrence Richards' framework for lesson construction in my first Christian education course. Creative Bible teaching was the required text of Mr. Omar Brubaker's class dealing with the basic principles and methods of Bible teaching. Mr. Brubaker informed us, these four words might sound corny to you at the moment, but you will never forget them, and you will use them throughout your ministry career as a means of effectively teaching the Bible. And so that was Gary Bradfelt's um, preface in there. And so my whole point in this is, if you are wanting to be a Bible teacher, a life group leader, a kids teacher, a youth teacher, if you're wanting to teach the Bible, you need to get your hands on this book, Creative yeah, Bible good. Teaching. It is so good. It's so applicable. It, it, there's so many things that it teaches you and how to consider and how to think through that um, I cannot re- recommend this book more. And, it, yeah. and there's not one other book besides the Bible that has shaped my teaching ministry other than this book. Yeah, that's that's really good, Brian. I know for me, a book like that um, is The 12 Essential Skills of, of Preaching that uh, is not, it's it's not the same, it, it does a lot of the same things, you know, as far as like helping you know how to teach. And, uh, and yeah, that's instrumental. But I, I have not read that book, but you've talked about it a lot. And, uh, and I think I've just gleaned some of those things. Uh, you should read it. That. It will really enhance your teaching ministry. I probably, I, I <laughs> oh, thanks, bro. Uh, but that hook, look, you never said what those mean. What do those mean? Well, the, the hook is your introduction. Yeah. So it can be a question. It can be a story. It's drawing the audience in. Yeah. The look, I'm sorry, hook book. The book is where you, you're uncovering the scripture. You're looking into the Bible. It's your Bible study. Yeah, yeah, explaining it. The look is where you start to begin to apply that, but you're thinking more in the area of emotions, feelings. So you're saying in the book part, it's like, how should I think about this? Yep. The look is like, how should I feel about this? Yeah. And you're getting people to transition to look at their own life and how the Bible connects to their life. Yeah. The took is what they take away, yeah. what they're applying to their life and how they're going to live this out. Yep. And see, that's where, that's where like 
it kind of, my teaching kind of transitioned because it's not just explaining the Bible, but it's what do I want you to do with this? Yep. How what does God want you to to learn from His Word and then apply to your life? Yep, that's great. I I would love to, I, my I love talking about like preaching and teaching mm-hmm. and how it works and and the you know for me it's the explanation, argumentation, sure. illustration, application. Mm-hmm. But that's everything that you just said, right? And uh, I would love to talk more about that. But that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. So what we're doing is finishing up. This is my this is your last this one. Is my last one. <laughs> I'm really surprised that. We are not, we don't, we don't have, have any of the any same of the books. Same That's books. good. That is good. I was really worried you were going to pull out systematic theology. That was the one I, I was concerned I, yeah, about. I was, I did not No, I, that was amazing. When you pulled that, I was like really surprised by that. Okay. Okay. So this book is, uh, I use this to help people and do ministry with other people all the time. Um, probably the most used book or most referenced book I have. Um, and you know exactly what book I'm talking about. You'll know. Uh, do you know? Do you not know? You can't guess? Guess. I want you to guess. This is fun. I want you to guess what it is. I use it a lot. We talk about it all the time. We discuss it. We've... we've Lord of the Rings. Oh, my word. <laughs> That's my most influential <laughs> book. Actually, though, no, <laughs> no, it is the spiritual disciplines. Oh, yes, for the Christian. You life. know, I almost had that on my list. Yeah, but uh, it's it's definitely my would be my third honorable mention yes. today. Yes, it's so good, guys. Uh, by by Dr. Donald Whitney. Um, and hey, I just noticed it. So J.I. Packer, uh, J.I. Packer. Oh no, that's that's my J.C. Ryle book. Never mind. J.I. Packer. Anytime you have J.I. Packer. Or Martin Lloyd Jones or anybody like that, like suggesting a book, just read it. Don't even ask. Preface it. it. Yeah. Um, so this this book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, was uh, so good for me. I mean, it's so good for anyone. I mean, he talks about the fact that you are called to to be to have discipline in your life, and that discipline. What what really just got me uh, right off the bat was how. The argument is that discipline creates freedom, mm. and he uses the analogy, and I think we've even talked about this uh, before, how he uses the analogy of a guitar player having the ability to just just shred on a guitar. You know, he can play, he can just play anything he wants. How did he get there? Hours and mm-hmm. hours and hours mm-hmm. of practice and discipline. Yeah. I have no freedom to play the guitar because I haven't spent the time disciplining myself and practicing it. Yeah, there is there is talent in musical yes. instruments, but there's also a ton of hard work that goes into exactly. it and discipline. And what's great he he does a really good job of of showing how this is not this is not about uh working to receive God's grace. It's about having received God's grace and then walking in that. And what does that look like? And so for first Timothy four, seven is kind of his, the main, the verse that he uses all throughout. It says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. So first Timothy, the Bible tells us to be disciplined. And then he walks through the different ways that you can do that, the spiritual disciplines. And, and another way that this hooked me was he, he talked about working out. And this is this is real. This is true for real life. You cannot make your muscles grow. You cannot do it. There, you do not do anything to physically make your muscles heal themselves after working out. You can work out. You can avail yourself to the things that 
bring about muscle growth. But in reality, the only reason why your muscles get better and grow is because God makes them. Mm. I mean, think about it. Like when you are in your twilight years, you're elderly, you can work out and yes, you can be in better shape. But at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to make your muscles do what they did when you were 20. That's the way it is in our spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot make yourself just grow in Christ. Mm-hmm. God does that. But how does he do it? How do you get your muscles growth? How does this happen? God has made it such such that there are ways you walk in this and you will he will bless this and bring about growth mm-hmm. through means. And what are those means? It's a spiritual disciplines. How do you grow your muscles? You have to work out and let God grow you. How do you go deep in your relationship with God? You have to spiritually discipline yourself. Mm-hmm. And let God grow you through yeah, that. And what good. and we've talked about this. It's it's reading your Bible. It's praying. We just had a sermon series called Rooted, talking about these mm-hmm. things. And you know, uh, I was talking with my wife about this. And you know, most of the time we talk about people want to go deep. What does that mean? You want to go deep? Well, most of the time we think it means I want to know the most intellectual thing there is. Well, she pointed out a lot of times people just want to have the most deep. Uh, emotional experience you can possibly have. Yeah. And it's like that's that's not the same thing as having a real deep relationship with God. And so this book right here, when people are struggling in their relationship with God, it's the same thing when people are struggling with uh, you know, strength training and diet. You know, somebody comes to me and is like, "Man, I just, you know, I want to get shredded." Like, how do I do that? You eat cleaner and you work yeah. out. Yeah. How do I go deep with God? You stop watching terrible junk. Yeah. You stop putting terrible stuff in your life and you start spending time with God. Yeah. You do these things and you will see growth. It's like magic, but it's not magic. It's a miracle. It's just God working through these things that he has told us in his word. Yeah. This is man, this book, if I could make people read this, I would. Because it's so good. Well, I love that he goes into detail. It's not just, you know, Bible reading and prayer. He goes into some of the other, um, yeah, some of the other spiritual disciplines that, that we don't normally talk about. That we don't normally talk about. He talks about journaling. He talks about fasting. He talks about silence and solitude. You know, part of our class. I was in class with him. Many things that. Uh, oh, you had Doctor Whitney yes. in class. Yeah, he and wasn't. He, made he wasn't there at the seminary when, really? when I was there. I, that I mean, it was so great, and uh, I had him in class. And it's part of our class was like go out and and spend time like uh, praying through this text. Yeah. So I go out and I climb up a tree and I'm reading the Bible. Part of my class time is to pray through this text. Yeah, like that was awesome, and I like was growing in class. It was amazing. <laughs> You yeah, can do that too. That's good. That is a that's a very good book, and I would recommend that to any Christian. Yeah, these these are man. I'm glad we. I I, I personally enjoyed this because it helped me remember some of the things and some of the. What's great about these books is the reason why we love them is because they uh, capture some of the most important aspects of life and ministry. Mm-hmm. I yes, think. I agree. And, uh, and so that's why I'm excited we just did that. And I yeah. hope that this has been helpful to our listeners. Yeah, you know, there are so many books and resources out there. Yeah. It's hard to wade <laughs> through all of them. And so when we try to give you resources, it's things that we know and love, things that we've used. Yeah. And so um, that's why we recommend them to you. But you may have resources and things that you are like, hey, this book has 
has changed my life. I use this book when I disciple other people. Yeah. Uh, let us know. I would love to hear from people and know what they, um, what resources that have touched you. That would, that would be great to be able to, to hear that. Yeah. And I especially want to ask people if there's, you know, parents out there and you found like really good resources for students and stuff, well, share that with us. F4L at oakhillbc.org. Let us know. And that way we can have even more things, you know, you know, cause you know, it's not like, one resource for all it's yeah it's, you know there's plenty of great things that as long as it's pointing us back to god's word that's what makes it a good resource and uh and that's what we want more of those that's so. right that's right awesome well man i enjoyed this i'm really sad that we couldn't do like 12 our 12 favorite resources, but <laughs> we have whatever. many more that it's we would whatever i still have books in my bag that i haven't pulled out for we this have episode. many more that we would mention so yes yes maybe we'll have to do a part Horrifying. two at some point down Sounds the road. Good I'm sure me. people would really like to hear that. Oh, they'd be so excited. Our top about that. threes are getting uh <laughs> it's gonna be like top three uh fast food places. <laughs> top three favorite chips. <laughs> we're, we're running through we're running out of top three uh, things. Hey, give us some get, please, listener, please give us some uh uh, things that you want to hear, like what are our top three things that would actually matter to you that you would, uh, you know, want to hear about what help us figure out some better ideas that we can think about. Cause we like a lot of things. We have a lot of top threes. Yes. We just want to make sure it's relevant to you. Top three Lord of the Rings uh, references. No, I don't that, know. That would literally take <laughs> hours, Brian. There's no way we could do that. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We are so happy and elated to be back. Yeah. And we look forward to this next season of podcasting. Yep. So we hope that you'll hang with us and listen. We thank you for listening this time. We'll, we'll see, see you next you. time. did the uh retreat for us uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 so there was one day at Tradisky school ski or whatever Tra- uh triscritty triscritty yeah yeah there was a day that i was so i was like falling asleep in every single class and i had a bunch of morning i had like two morning classes and like two or three evening classes yeah. one day and i told him i was like dude i am dying right now i'm dying and uh and he was like you need me to smack you in the face and i was like actually i think i do and he was like are you for real i was like yeah and he's like I'm going to smack you as hard as I can. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, bro, go for it. He just, he hauled off and slapped the mess out of me. And, uh, and it, and it didn't really work. It didn't so work. It didn't oh. really work. <laughs> so I was still sleepy. <laughs> <laughs>